0: Hello there. This is Greg Cass at Ion Cannon, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast.
1: Great pull, kid. Only watch a step.
2: This place can be a little rough. You found something. You found the
0: Rebel Base Card Podcast.
2: What a piece of junk.
0: I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. He's
2: as clumsy as he is stupid.
0: Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We
1: need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk
0: about sets from the original vintage.
3: No, no, the one I'm pointing to.
0: All the way to current releases.
2: This? Yes.
0: All right, let's get started.
2: Commence primary
3: ignition.
0: Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast special show for you tonight this episode is released in part to help celebrate star wars podcast day on tuesday february 7th this highlights the 24th anniversary of jedi talk the very first star wars related podcast netcast slash that premiered on february 7th 1999 over a hundred fellow star wars podcasts are taking part by releasing shows around this time So in tonight's show, the format's going to be a little different, and I welcome back members of Car Squadron and the CWK Alliance who are going to give me a hand with this one tonight, and it'll be a little more casual. Um, I did want to get in just a quick homestead-keeping note, only because T.O.P.S. liked doing it after I had finished releasing my last episode. There is a new throwback online series uh, that you can find on T.O.P.S., much like the Living Set Uh, They'll be released weekly, uh, three-card set. I believe it's $14.99, and I think there'll be 12 cards in a set. This first one is going to be patterned after the 1952 Topps Baseball release. So because this podcast, by the time this podcast comes out, there'll only be a few more days in it. The releases are going to be on Thursdays, um, and the first one had Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. They looked really kind of cool. Uh, I took a flyer on the first one, and, you know, if they come in small batches like that, the one thing I like about a weekly set is you're not fighting with somebody in Walmart in a parking lot for the last blaster box. Uh, they will only ship them after the orders are taken. So you have a week to order, and then um, I like it because you can choose free shipping, uh, which is nothing. You know, you get it like about seven to ten days later, and boom, I just got a living set uh Cards today, Frank. Uh, if you, you might have noticed, uh, I did post this in the group that it was the Cassian Andor and Luthan, uh reel on it. So that means that the other ones that we saw looks like they're on a Andor kick. So I'm very excited about uh, those particular Living Set cards. But yes, the uh, these throwbacks are going to be on like the very thick uh, Heritage stock. So they're much like the old Star Wars cards. Actually, a little thicker. Uh, So I just wanted to kind of put that out before we got started with today's nonsense, that uh, go on I'll put a link in the show notes, and if you go to my Instagram page, you will see uh, more of this as well as the Twitter account. Alrighty. So in order to celebrate Star Wars Podcast Day 2023, in no particular order because my Zoom order is different than everybody else's, and my background is going to be a little different, so who the heck knows? But I'm going to start off by um, welcoming Mary Perdue to the podcast for the first time. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, How are you and where are you at the moment?
4: Well, hi, Greg. Thanks so much for um, inviting me to the group. And I am currently in Charleston, West Virginia. It's going to be seven degrees tonight. Um, So we're in the tundra. But by the time this is heard on the 7th, it will have warmed up and I'll probably be in Orlando, Florida. So I'm in between the two places a, a little bit back and forth.
0: I know the temperature here is six. I know today it was, it dropped like a rock. And then the weekend, it's going to start getting back up in the 30s and 40s next week. So the temperature is all over the place. Um, another returning member also in the Midwest, Midwest-ish region, Ross Holobin from Fanthatrax and Popstar Indy. Ross, what is it like, since we're talking about temperatures right now, uh, give me the current temperature in the, in the Indianapolis area.
1: Uh, we have boomed up to like 20. <laughs> so, walking to class the other day, it was 10 degrees and my legs hurt going from the parking garage to the classroom. And it was just like, okay, this, hopefully it's not going to last too long, but I understand that the East Coast is really getting clobbered by this for the first time this year. We, we've we had it for the majority of the winter, it seems like. So I, I feel for my East Coast friends and, Mary, amongst those, as, as you welcome all that East Coast weather there. In some cases, we might have uh,
0: Gregory Cass from Ion Cannon, who is our most East Coastist person here. But in that case, that's going to fall on you, Mary. Normally, even when I lived in Ohio, I, I wasn't as East as you. So not to sandbag Jen any more than we already are. I'm not going to go to Frank right away to make you feel bad. But Jen Subchakchai from The Long Take and from Fat in the Tracks is joining us tonight. Uh, I know it's not 12 or 20 where you are.
3: Yeah, and I feel real, every time there's a winter weather-related message in our group chat, I feel very guilty because our <laughs> high for today was 68. Oh. Um it was it was quite nice. Uh you know, we we have been getting a lot of rain compared to, you know, normal, but um nothing nothing to complain about for sure.
0: And she's always bringing the uh, as we were talking before we started recording, um I love the World of Warcraft sticker on her Yeti microphone. I know you can't see that if you're listening at home, but uh it matches the color. So Jen leads with the words and the great mic.
3: <laughs> actually, I think it's not a sticker in fact. I think it is actually like a a wow branded mic. speaking,
0: uh, speaking of which, I don't know what it's like down South Frank, but you are our last guest on the panel tonight. Uh, before we get started for anything, thank you for joining us. And what is the temperature in uh, Decatur, Alabama today?
2: Well, thank you again for inviting me. And I did want to make sure that as you're asking, I was being accurate. It's currently 35. So that's shitty for downplay. way. Um, it's been very clear skies uh, there's a full moon tonight so had ice advisories nights but there's not been enough precipitation really for that to happen so uh, just gonna be a chilly one i think
0: so this will be more of a i'm gonna say more of a panel type format just to make sure we get everybody in um but it's not going to we're not we're not pelting folks Uh, This is not a, you're not doing a dissertation. You're not, uh, you're not on the spot. Feel free to pass. But for the most part, I think we'll keep the topics fairly loose, but I did want to keep in some instances, some things current. Um, So I'm going to probably kind of keep some of the same order just to make sure we get everybody in. But I am curious now, Greg and I did not get a chance to go over the Mandalorian season three trailer. As we might have, I, I think we did an early trailer before on the uh, Batch for Breakfast, or I believe eventually we'll be calling it the Breakfast Pack shows, just because we're doing them so more frequently these days. But I am curious, and I think I'll start with you, Mary. Getting ready for Mandalorian season three. Were you on the Mandalorian train? Yeah, you got you got your shirt. Sure. What am I what am I saying? What are some of the things I'm going to say that you are looking forward to in this upcoming season of The Mandalorian?
4: Oh, I think I'm looking forward to going back to Mandalore. I think we need to see what happens with the uh, dark and and I follow follow Kay Sackoff on social media, and she's you know she's giving out these little hints, but not really, but um, you know about what's he doing with my dark saber in his hand when looking at that poster and that kind of thing. So, and, and I think just as we all want to see where Grogu is going and how his, um, force abilities are growing. Uh, we got a little hint of that at the end of that trailer, which was kind of cute. Um, some people kind of panned it, but I thought, okay, that was a good way to end that trailer. And so, uh I think we're going to go a lot of places that we have not been before. I think they're going to expand on the Mandalorian versus it's the Grogu and Mandalorian show. I think we're going to be the Mandalorian. I hope.
0: Ross, I'll turn it to you. What are some of the things that you've been kind of looking forward to coming up? I know that, um, you know, the last couple of seasons, you know, it kind of just keeps that train just kind of keeps rolling. What's it doing for you and what are you kind of
1: getting uh, psyched for? I think Mary hit it a little bit, but it is—it really looks like they're putting the lore in Mandalore, and nice. that's Nicely what I want to see. Like I want, you know, as he's trying to get back in the in the good graces of the Armorer, you know, I don't think it's an accident that he learned what he did with the Rancor, and other things Boba Fett with the Rancor there, and and what role that may play uh in the underground of mandalore so i think just seeing all of that potentially play out is wonderful and just how cool to see so many different sets of mandalorian armor and which mandalorians are we going to get to see who maybe we haven't seen other than animation at this point so uh that and babu frick and his friend (laughs) obviously are just over the moon for me just oh my god we have to i want to hear them talk together jen it is kind of interesting as we kind of go back now
0: mandalorian almost is kind of like you know it's like a tent pole now for the rest of these shows right you know, it's the mandoverse it's the they Mandoverse. they use that phrase so what is it what does it kind of say to you what What are kind of some of the things that you're kind of looking forward to
3: oh well i think from the most recent trailer um it really introduced a lot of Thematic ideas that I I found really, really interesting. So there's one quote where Din says, "Being a Mandalorian is not just about learning how to fight. Uh, You also have to know how to navigate the galaxy. That way, you'll never be lost." Right. And then the the trailer I think starts with him saying, "Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy." Right. So I love this concept of like reuniting the Mandalorian clan and or like the tribe the the larger Mandalorian culture and kind of bringing everybody together um and so that they're not scattered throughout the galaxy and having like restoring Mandalore to its former glory potentially I feel like they're kind of hinting at something like that um with the return to Mandalore and 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 seemingly the the convergence of so many Mandalorians (laughs) on Mandalore at least that's what the trailers imply um And for me, the more the merrier. I'm like, yes, like there's so many of them. Let them all fly around with their jetpacks. I feel like one of my favorite episodes from season one was the one where we just saw a bunch of them come to Din's rescue, right? That was so thrilling to see. So I'm looking forward to all that stuff. Um, And I think in particular, the fact that he's sort of saying that to Grogu and sort of trying to teach him what it means to be a Mandalorian, also like ties in their relationship into the larger story really well too. Um, And my big thing was like, the idea of this is the way we've sort of been treating that phrase as, this is the way we do things. This is our creed. But that trailer made me think about, with all the comments about navigation and finding your way and like being lost and scattered or whatever, merely made me think about this is the way as like a direction, right? Like we, this mm-hmm. is the way. This is the way we need to go. Um, so I'm just really excited for to see how all that plays out.
0: Frank, I know you and I would be excited uh, for the cards that'll be coming out at some point, but I am kind of curious what is real, what is kind of tripping your trigger when you're seeing that? Now, and I didn't realize there was, it looks like there's a slightly different trailer on Disney Plus as on YouTube, and I'll have to go back. That's what I love about listening to other podcasts because they can pull out these details that I'm like, huh? But what is it kind of doing for you and what gets you excited?
2: Yeah, I'm very excited about the, the this third season coming up. And again, about the trailers, I'm still not sure if the one that was shown at Celebration has aired anywhere else. Um, a lot of people know one of my favorite characters is Dr. Pershing. And there was a specific shot of him walking across a very elaborate looking building in very, very fancy attire. And I thought, OK, you are getting far better funded this season than the last two. Um, So I'm going to really be interested to see how this whole cloning thing plays out, especially as that's kind of been hinted to now in the bad batch and that previous uh, episode in season two, uh, that Carl Weathers directed as well, where there's, we're clearly going in that cloning, the new phase of cloning direction. Mm -hmm. So those are something I'm going to be very, very interested to see. Um, The fact Ross was saying about the law and Jen about the Mando verse, those trailers, when you do see them on Disney plus, when they conclude, they will say Mandalorian season one, two, and Book of Boba Fett, you know, streaming now. So it clearly is all parts of the same story. Uh, And I'm I'm really glad that's been emphasized because that's how it's always spoken to me, especially where they inserted the Mandalorian into a couple of episodes of Book of Boba Fett. So, uh, yeah, like Jen says, more the merrier. Do do
3: we think that the Bad Batch-Mando season three overlap is intentional? That what you just said about the clone the cloning c- program by the empire and sort of dr pershing and all that stuff i feel like that's the place that bad batch and mando can intersect potentially
2: yeah it's fertile ground for it after that whole that, that little mount tantus tease at the for uh, the last uh, season yeah. of- jen yeah. i don't know bad
1: that batch. i could deal with that during the semester
3: i mean wouldn't that <laughs> blow all of our minds can you imagine like where like we have one episode from one show like like synced up with another one that would be oh. so incredible yeah, I don't so know how they would be able to pull that off, but it would be amazing.
0: To see the animation and then seeing it in live action. Uh, yeah, that would that would blow my mind. Something I can't seem to still get over, and I'm going to pose a question, the group here in a second, is the the return of R5-D4. And I'm showing my age. But I don't know why, but every time I see that darn droid now, I just get really giddy. Because it just seems like this droid has been waiting 40-some years. And, you know, no, no... No disrespect to the, the book that came out that had the short story. Um, this is just really exciting for me to see. And, you know, especially when you also see all those Mandalorians that are doing like that jump, that are jumping down on whatever planet they're on. Um, it just really kind of gets you pumped. I am going to post an open question to the group. When I keep seeing every, everything kind of converge on Mandalore, knowing what we did from the Clone Wars, that they will pretty much kill each other to the last person to forward their own, you know, their own viewpoint do we think this is going to go down well or is it just going to, or, or are we going to lose
1: more Mandos this season? What, uh, I'm just going to post that to the group. I don't think it's going to be easy one way or the other, even if you get 95% of them on board. I mean, look, look at a school board meeting, you know, <laughs> if you have, if you have one person who's looking at it differently, like it can become a little battle in a, a political minefield. So, that's just human nature and obviously mandalorian nature is that much more volatile yeah
3: and i think there is going to have to be an ideological reconciliation of some kind because or reckoning i guess because i think Bo-Katan. one of the bo quotes from one of the trailers i can't remember which one was you know the like this is basically saying the zealotry of your your kind right the 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 armorer and mando like the the, those who adhere strictly to the Creed like tore us apart right She's, she she kind of calls it out uh, as as a divisive that the different viewpoints and different ways of being a Mandalorian have been very divisive to them and potentially to their downfall so and she, I, obviously in the the Clone Wars and Rebels arcs we see that as well right there's all these factions of different Mandalorians and so I feel like this is going to be old hat <laughs> for them in some ways of like having different different cliques uh butting heads.
2: Mm. Yeah, when we saw um, Manda, you know, Din get that dark saber off Gideon off as well and try and give it away, of course, he, he had no interest in in whatever that meant. And this latest poster that Disney Plus put out, the way he's holding it here, mm. and it was only a still, it's just the nice rendering, but that looks like, here I am holding my sword. It, it, it definitely like he'd claim this. Now, not I'm not sure if that's the direction that it will go, that If you guys, if everyone else can't get your act together, then I'm going to be the one that brings you all into line. Uh, And like you say, that that conflict between the children of the Watch and whichever other factions are out there, um, it could be explosive.
0: When the Clone Wars kind of kicked off and we started seeing Mandalore as much different than the Boba Fett that we kind of grew up and saw, you know, I, I wonder how far they can push this that would satisfy as, as big an audience as they now have gotten?
4: Well, you know, with the original trilogy, people like myself, you know, I was 16 when, let me date myself, I was 16 <laughs> when the first movie came out. So, you know, seeing Boba Fett uh, in Empire, he was just another bounty hunter. You know, he was just another character in with a whole lot of other characters. We were focused on... Han and Chewie and Leia yeah. and Luke. And, you, you know, the, these ancillary characters really didn't mean anything. But, you know, my son, who is now 21, he was seven when the Clone Wars came out. Wow. That was his entry truly into Star Wars. Like he had seen the movies and we had done Star Wars weekends at uh, Disney and that type of thing but that was his true entry way into the whole big world of star Wars and, and the universe. And so to see this sort of second rate character. And I know some people love being, love Boba Fett from the beginning because he was that first little toy and, you know, whatnot, but, you know, but I was a teenager. I didn't care about that, you know, so that didn't, that, that didn't mean as much to me when, when that came out, but, to see now that character kind of become an entire race Mm -hmm. and planet. And we're seeing more of, of that universe, you know, that part of the universe. I think it's great. I think it's just that, that greater world building, universe building. There are more people than just those three that we originally came up with. And um, the more we get of that, I think it's great. I mean, the, The Siege of Mandalore arc, you know, at the end of season seven, um, you know, basically with Ahsoka and Maul and and all of that. I mean, that was some of the best storytelling of Star Wars, period. You know, so um, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I I was all in when the Mandalorian started and I'm still all in
0: you know when i go into i go into a grocery store and i see you know grogu this baby yoda that mandalorian you know i'm eating mandalorian Eggos still every day right yes so the average person i mean you know it's almost like as the as a mandalorian goes along as some of this goes along as the story of this goes along does it become a danger of okay you've got to go back and watch this 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 and this can someone's can someone come in at this point Cold and enjoy the Mandalorian as if like, you know, I've heard it's almost like uh, going into Ted Lasso, right? Like I've heard so much about Ted Lasso. I need to I need to get this. Could someone come into season three of the Mandalorian not seeing anything else? We haven't seen it yet ourselves, but I'm just saying a friend, a co-worker, a colleague comes up to you, and goes, hey, this Mandalorian business. Should I watch now? What do you tell them? Do you tell them like, yeah, go it, go it, go in. Or are you going to try to give them a list of stuff to do?
3: I'd say no, because if we think back to previous seasons of The Mandalorian, in particular, I think I'm th- thinking of season two with um, uh, Paz Vizsla and the Armorer, mm-hmm. there's a lot of exposition that they drop to sort of catch people up. It's not mm-hmm. as much and it's not as deep as if you've watched all of the other stuff. <laughs> but but I feel like they do kind of, if if it's, you know, they kind of abridge an arc from the clone wars and then tell it as like a little tiny part of a conversation, right? They they kind of drop the knowledge in. So I'd say I'd say no, I think people can keep up. Um but I think they'll enjoy it and get a lot more out of it if they've done their homework. But we're most of a lot of us are teachers, so I'm you know, we're pro homework. On this podcast, pro homework. I
2: think.
0: <laughs> Frank, I'm sure you must get that asked a lot. Um what do you do do people come to you and go, "Hey, what do I what what should I watch or what do you think of this?" Or is it just Or is it just, you know, business as usual?
2: Yeah, I think Mandalorian from from day one with season one was a really good entry point. Um, Because of it being set after that original trilogy, uh, it seemed to have nothing to do with the prequels, nothing to do with the sequels. So it was a really good entry point. But as Jane was just alluding to there, it's, it's layered greatly. So you can come in and watch at that service action hero kind of level, or you can dig that a little bit deeper, or deeper, or deeper. And if it itches that part of your brain goes, I want to know more, you can go back and check it. So yeah, I think Mandalorian is an excellent entry point um, for anybody who hasn't seen anything. Now, whether season three will pick up at a point where some background knowledge is is necessary, I'm not sure. I mean, that law, like we were just saying about, the Darksaber, that law will probably come up again. And if it doesn't, anybody seeing it fresh will think, hey, that guy's got a cool lightsaber, you know? And then maybe later on, it will be a situation will arise where it's clear that whoever holds it, having defeated its previous owner, can rule Mandalore. So it may may explain itself going forward rather than have you need the, the prior knowledge. And the way the writers seem to go, especially nowadays, but they're trying to make it as far well as I can tell it's accessible for everybody as they possibly can which is smart especially for a, a streaming service that we all enjoy from our homes
0: so Ross somebody comes up to you on the street and after they get past the question of why are you wearing a giant's cap in the middle of you know Indiana what would you tell them would you tell them to go back and start with you know they're they're interested in the Mandalorian do you tell them to start go back with season one do you take a chance and go into season two um,
1: what kind of what kind of conversations uh, do you have? I think if there's a franchise and a property that has allowed people to uh, go a la carte and hop in wherever they want and eat whatever dish they want at whatever time, Star Wars is it. Um, you're going to get more out of it if you go back and watch, and I would explain that. But I think if you just sit down and enjoy the ride starting with season three to frank's point you're going to go back and say potentially go back and say okay i want to know how they met i want to know where this sword came from oh wait i have to go watch animation to figure this out i thought it was in another season of of the show and how many again layers that they have and so many different approaches to setting that narrative setting that lore setting all of those elements of great storytelling. I think if if you just sit down and watch and all you're seeing is Grogu throwing up his hands while they're in the N1 Starfighter going fast and that's what hooks you, awesome. Then you started in the right place and now go figure out what you want.
4: Yeah, I I agree. I think just like I said with my son, the Clone Wars being his entry point, everybody has a different entry point and um then from that point if it hooks you then you go back and find the things that you need to find that will catch you up on what you want to be caught up on and if it's watching it from the very beginning and everything all the way through or if it's just looking at some of those suggestions that disney plus will put up you know they'll put up those little lists of certain shows to watch to get caught up with certain things you know so maybe that's the way they do it or they go onto wikipedia and do a little you know internet internet research or and we've all had to do that when some strange character or person comes up and you go who was that that was somebody way back here that had one little part i know i should know who it is but i don't and you and you quickly look it up so you know we have so much at our fingertips right now that if the third season, if, if they say, hey, should I start there? You know, yeah. And then whatever gets you hooked, then let that lead them to wherever it is that it leads them to.
0: And it's kind of interesting, Mary, because our boys are the same age. And whereas, you know, he would take deep dives into Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. His reaction to Andor was, you know, he was like, ah, I'll just binge it once it's all out. really and uh, you know we it's it's weird because normally it's like I would come home and maybe like have it on and and then you know getting ready to talk I don't necessarily knew if it just grabbed him now he's seen pretty much everything Um, yeah but I was very I was very surprised like but I I, it also kind of makes sense because in in Andor's case it was a slower burn and I think it kind of grabbed an audience that was well versed in this as opposed to Mandolor like you said someone can kind of come in you know they can see spaceships flying around you know guys with rocket packs jumping out of ships and they go all right i could probably figure this out as it goes along but it's it's interesting that going back to that almost like a flagship type series for them i think it's the same thing as like i'm gonna i'll take another analogy of like the original iphone for no reason i'm gonna bring up some apple products right um the original iphone as steve jobs went through and demoed it very simple but year after year as the phone and the operating system got more complex when folks would come into the store who were new to the iphone there was just more you felt like oh my gosh where have you been i've got to catch you up and some things weren't as intuitive it wasn't as simple and i'm starting to wonder if at some point you know the mandalorian gets at where it's like there's so much going on oh you missed this and that you know can it still be that I do want to segue into Grogu though and another question for the group as this becomes a breakfast podcast quickly. Sorry Greg. He's gaming right now, so whos jeal- who's more jealous? me or him?, uh, you know, who's you know, like him and Tom are getting these gaming nights. It's killing me, It's just killing me. Um, but I am wondering, where do we see Grogu's story going? And in eight episodes, how
1: far can it go? I think Mary has to start this one because she does have the, the Din Djarin mask on. <laughs> oh, come
4: on. <laughs> i walked right into that one. I, I don't know. You know, that's talking about Grogu. Uh, you've seen a few things online where people have said, if all you watched were, were Mando season one and two, and you did not watch the book of Boba Fett, are you going to be confused now that all of a sudden Grogu is back with Din because at the end of season two, Grogu left with Luke, you know, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, but,
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, um, I, I don't, I, I think we are going to see some development with him. I, I hope we see some development with him. I hope he starts to speak actual words. Now, whether he speaks them in Yoda style or gabble style, You know, we don't know yet, (laughs) but um, as we saw, Yaddle spoke, you know, like everybody else does in the universe versus how Yoda speaks. But um, I hope we see some. I hope we see some development. I hope we not that we need to have the force there, but, you know, they've alluded to it at the end of that trailer. Like I said, he's pushing whatever that is out of the cave. So they're giving us these little little tidbits. So, you know, hopefully we see some growth. It's like he, if he is 50 years old and supposedly Yoda was training Jedi when he was, you know, only a hundred years older than that or so. Some of you can speak on that lore a little bit better than I can, I think. But there's got to be a huge growth spurt coming up. And are we going to see that growth spurt, you know, this this season? Well,
1: I think he's, I mean, he's got his steady diet of frogs now because he knows how to make them levitate <laughs> and eat them so that he's properly nourished in order to have that growth and that growth spurt. But, Mary, I'm I'm thinking along those same lines. It is... When is he going to just stop being with Mando or being protected by Mando and be part of this clan of two? Because there is... They are deemed that. This is you know, I believe part of their story together, and it's going to come to the part where they're, they're partners on things.
2: Ross, you say Clan of Two, but I saw that Mudhorn sigil behind you. Is it a Clan of Three? <laughs> yeah. We could try. Uh, Why have I not?
3: Um, to go back to what Mary said about Book of Boba Fett and sort of the the plot progression that happens there, um, and if you've tuned out, if you sat out for Book of Boba Fett, the story seems very different. Um, I feel like if if they, for me, what I would love to see is that Grogu hasn't just left the Jedi way behind, and that, and in particular, the 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 choice he makes to go back with Din and and leave Luke that that isn't just going to be a blip in the story, but that actually is going to create future conflict, right? Because he has these force powers, but he hasn't finished his training. Um, and so I, and so for me, I think I would love to see if this season really is going to be a deep lore dive into Mandalorian history. I would love to hear more about Tari Vizla, uh, mm-hmm. and have that be kind of a, a, a point of retrospection and kind of reflection for Grogu to be like, well, I'm both a Mandalorian and a Jedi. As far as we know, there was only one other named <laughs> figure like that in history, right? So, um, And I think I saw online that there was a little bit of speculation about there was like an old um, kind of like uh, falling apart helmet that they find somewhere. There's a quick shot of that. And there was some speculation as to whether or not that's uh, Tari Vizla's helmet that they somehow find somewhere and dig up. Um, so that's what I would love to see. Um, and I think that would make it so that, cause I think a lot of people that critique the, the book of Boba Fett, uh, is like, well, we, it was such an emotional climax to, to see Grogu leave Din and how emotionally traumatic was that. Right. And then to just, so people often complain, like to just have it flip back. So, oh, oh it was only like two episodes. Now they're back. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the people say that was too fast. And so for me, I think that would sort of sped up narrative that decision to go back, I think so quickly for us, I think it would be more worthwhile if, if it's sort of like baggage that now is going to hang over Grogu.
2: Yeah. What, what I get from Greg's question as well is, is can we continue with Grogu just being this cute little green guy? Mm -hmm. And Jen is saying that path forward and back, you know, when, when uh, he's communicating with Ahsoka in the Jedi episode of the Mandalorian, she explains to Din, he's had trauma. You know, he's repressed everything, everything he's, you know, even Luke, like you say, in the Book of Boba Fett, when Luke helps him me- uh, have those memories of Order 66, what he saw, these things were terribly traumatic. So is that still him holding everything in? Like you said, we see him push that creature of whatever type it is out of that cave. And in many cases, he's been the protector as much as Din has been his protector and you know uh, there's a few people who've said online is grogu the mandalorian not dinjarin and mm-hmm. i'm totally happy to 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 accept that as a possibility as this story plays out i'm not sure ultimately how many seasons there are going to be i'm sure that's been said and i think a lot of people are hoping it's going to you know conclude in some way like the marvel movies did to, to some large event but um that yeah that, that timeline that we've seen so far especially the past parts that we've been hinted at um we might see those get explored more and him become a more capable more fuller individual rather than just a kind of a a little companion
0: it's interesting that you know it's in this case when we go back to mandalore it's like you know, speak softly and, and pack a Grogu, right? So it's he's got the Darksaber and Grogu in tow. But I'm going to tie this into the Bad Batch. You know, here we may see another instance where we are, like Omega, where we are bringing a child into, you know, big harm's way. And I'm kind of curious about, you know, now that we have seen Grogu's, you know, like the past open up a little bit, you know, are we just going to get more trauma because now it's like he, you know he's trying to figure out not only who he is but who he is supposed to be, and that and just it's inter- it's an interesting parallel that I it must be the caffeine kicking in at this point, but uh, I'm just kind of curious what y'all think about that and, and sort of the
1: the parallels between Grogu and Omega. Well, who can he be? You know, that's mm. I think that's some of what Luke, that's some of why Ahsoka didn't want to train him. And that's why Luke took the approach that he did in making it his decision along the way. You know, do you want this, do you want this great armor? Or do you want this, do you want this, this Beskar chainmail? Or do you want this lightsaber? And I think one of the things that we keep learning about in animation and the books and other components, comics even too, is the black and white of jedi isn't necessarily a good thing and it is okay what is the situation how is this impacting people like if you go into everything thinking only this can be bad and only this can be good are you missing opportunities to have justice and opportunities to help a greater amount of people get through things. So I think that is setting up well for Grogu, Grogu to play that part until he's learning, he's exposed to all of these different groups. And you talk about someone being able to navigate the universe or navigate the galaxy. He's especially had to learn. He's been through more than, you know, so many of these other characters and for him to be able to reflect on any of that could be extremely powerful, not only to Mandalore, but other groups around them as well.
4: I just sort of think about Grogu as, like Ross was saying, Luke gave him that choice, and and again, it's that you know you go back to that line: only Sith deal in absolutes, but yet the mm-hmm. Jedi dealt in absolutes as well, so. It was one way or the other. And, you know, is Grogu going to be sort of a little, you know, not the chosen one. Now, I'm not saying that, but but a little balance. You know, he 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 obviously is using his force capabilities, but he chose the chainmail and he went back to den. So I'm I'm with Ross. I was just going to you know kind of go along that same lane as are we going to see him go down a path that um, embraces both things that he could be and and makes him stronger um, based on what he's lived through so far.
2: A bit of the story that's missing as well is is how Grogu wound up being in that kind of that smuggler's camp, you know, when Quill and Dingo go off to find him when he's originally that bounty. We have no idea there's a big chunk of time between order 66 apparently him being rescued whoever he was with and then to get to that point and i think it it's fair to assume that den and ig11 were basically rescuing him but i'm not so sure was he being rescued or was that a group hired. I mean, the galaxy is clearly filled with mercenaries and bounty hunters. Were those people paid to protect Grogu, to keep him there, to store him away? Perhaps. I think that's a stretch, mm-hmm. but there is a big chunk of the story that's missing. I'm not yeah. sure if we'll get it. I'm not sure how relevant it is. You know, how we wound up in that place. Um, again, just something that, that pops into my head every once in a while, and with an "I wonder why," "I wonder if," "I wonder how." you
4: know but who rescued him from the temple and so and from the temple to that point what is that huge gap exactly
3: yeah yeah i was gonna say we do know for a fact we are going to get flashbacks because the most recent trailer had what clearly has to be a flashback to
1: mm-hmm.
4: his
3: childhood or like i mean he's still a child like guess <laughs> his, <laughs> his early childhood
1: <gasps> and did rogu no riva.
2: Right, Reva was just in my head as well. That's exactly. What I was just thinking there after seeing her in the temple, during Order sixty six. Yeah, Jen, yeah. you
0: bring up a good point and a great segue. I was going to ask as we're kind of like bringing that the Mandalorian trailer kind of to a close. How did we feel about that that blip with the Jedi? Obviously, we see. You know, it, is it obviously a flashback? Um, and in which case, what more do you think they could tell? You know that we didn't already get. I mean as as you you kind of alluded frank of, of that gap in time but mm-hmm. what do you think that were what what do you think the purpose of those scenes what more could they tell us at this stage
3: Well earlier we mentioned that Ahsoka said that he had he had a lot of trauma right and so I feel like that we're going to finally get to see what that trauma is what happened to him mm-hmm. where how did he survive order 66 <laughs> mm-hmm. right um I mean I feel like Order sixty six is just a staple plot point now in all of these series. Mm-hmm. Um, that we get like a treat, a traumatic like revisiting of that moment from different points of view, um, and so yeah, I think I think I th- I think that has to be what we're going to what we're going to see. What what part of it? You know, what part of the? I don't I don't think we're going to relentlessly return to. Like he's not going to be in the same room that Reva was, or, nece- or necessarily, you know. What mm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to sync up that neatly. Um, but I do think it's going to be um, something like wherever he, wherever he was at the time in the Jedi Temple, or in the, or in the, you know.
2: It's going to see how the same event impacts different characters too. Because like uh-huh. Ross just said, Reva was there too, and we saw which trajectory she took. Right. So yeah. that's a really interesting. How those traumas do impact people, how they deal with those traumas, and where it leads them ultimately.
3: Yeah, I think it's all about choices in response, right? Because with Bad Batch, you know, we start we start a Bad Batch with Order sixty six and with uh, Hunter and and Caleb Doom and the choice that he made there, right? Versus what what Crosshair would have done. And so, I think, yeah, I think the running this is a running theme through all these series of like what it in the in the face of this historic traumatic moment what do you what are every decision defines you
0: i i did want to pull us out for a second um before i i know that um ross was on a shorter leash but i wanted to see if i could get a comment regarding the impact of the mandalorian on us and what it's done i know mary and ross and occasionally when i can get in there you know, kind of hop on Dan Zare's Coffee with Kenobi, where he does the weekly top five lists. You know, occasionally we pull Frank and Jen into our breakfast discussions, which kind of started off as kind of, you know, hey, let's check this out, Greg and I would. And then we start, you know, now I'm starting to kind of plot out, all right, what shows am I kind of interested in, in doing? And then in this case, we have Mandalorian and Bad Batch, as I cross myself, uh, overlapping <laughs> for a few weeks. Thank you very much, uh, Disney+. Plus. Uh, and of course, Jen, who I don't know how she's writing all this, you know, this has really had a big impact on every one of us. Uh, maybe I could have Ross kick it off and just talk about, you know, what kinds of things are you now kind of expecting it to continue to impact you and what are you going to be
1: doing? I th- I think the great part about it, and this group shows it right here, as you mentioned with CWK, you know, we're watching we're watching fiction. We're watching these communities come to life to tell a story and to help move things forward. And I feel like that's we're very fortunate to be in the time we are with all of this coming out now. Like that's that enables us. That gives us. You know, we could talk about sports. We could talk about it. not that we don't mix in other things, but like this is a linchpin for us. You know, and. Mandalorian really helped take it up that notch where it was accessible and weekly and, hey, now we're ready for this. Now we're ready for that. And it's it just helped launch, relaunch a fandom, you know, that was already super strong. And now we get this opportunity to celebrate new components, see how, oh, this character is going to cross over to here. Just seeing how many people want certain characters to pop up like whether it's star killer from one of the video games or it's whoever everyone's like oh i would love to see like i'm on my emphasis nest train every show that comes up like oh can she show up now can she show up now like come on let's bring aaron kellyman back into things here yes um but it's just it's having that excitement and knowing how excited My friends and acquaintances are, um, you know, I spend a lot of time with CWK, but I'm on Discord with Star Wars Sessions Mm -hmm. as well. So talking to a lot of fans over primarily in the UK, in in Europe, and their vantage points and hearing how excited they are right now about Celebration coming to London. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm so jealous, but I'm so excited (laughs) for you because I know how fortunate I've been these past two celebrations to go. So like I'm giving them trying to give advice saying, Hey, make sure you pay attention to this. You know, autographs will sell out. They're like, Oh, they're really expensive. I was just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. They will sell out. So get who you want to get because if you're on the fence, you're going to lose it. So that's, that's the big thing that the community you know, and, and Disney, in certain ways, showing us that this is the way. Here's a way to to work with other people and communicate and enjoy each other's company, all based on something that's just fun. Mary, you were there, kind of in at the
0: beginning of of Dan's, you know, live Facebook feeds. <laughs> what has what has something like that, where that interactivity? What has that kind of done for you, as far as? you know, your level of fandom wherever it was before, during and after, and, you know, you know, bringing in just people you may not, I mean, that's kind of like where I kind of met you quote unquote for the first time before we saw each other at celebration. But, um, what does something like that kind of mean to you? And how do you kind of, you know, is that something you just kind of like get Jones for every week?
4: Well, Oh yeah. I, I, I love it. I mean, I started with Dan that very first live, um, but, you know, being a, a, a person who started with the original trilogy and, and going through, you know, the dark times, as people call them, when we didn't have anything. And, and um, you know, so your, your fandom changes. Like, you know, I was, I mean, I'll admit, and I know some of you are the same way, I was an original Trekkie. You know, Star Trek was what I started with. And then... Um, you know, because my older sister—that's you know, she loved it—and and then Star Wars, then the sort of became my thing because then I was a teenager when it started. But there was a long period of time that nothing really was going on. So, honestly, uh, when the when the prequels came out, I got—that's when I got back into it—and with a nephew uh, who loved Star Wars, and then um, and then when Chaz came along with Clone Wars, like I said. I had never really listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, I kind of came late to the podcast, you know, thing, um, really it was like 2017, 2018 when I started listening to podcasts and I found Dan's pretty quickly, but I was never, um, active, you know, I would just listen to them. I really didn't interact very much on social media you know, I was a a teacher and, and, and I'm retired now, but, you know, back when all the social media was starting, teachers were sort of frowned on to, to become part of social media where I live, because you didn't want, or, you know, our, our superiors didn't want teachers and students intermingling on social media and that type of thing. So, you know, you kind of stayed away from it, but, but honestly, um, you know, once Dan started the live, CWK Live at the beginning of the pandemic, that's when I really became more active in the fandom, you know, interacting with people and meeting all of you guys and, and really having um, gained some great friends and friendships through it. Um, and, and I think that things like The Mandalorian being on every week, you know, starting then, bringing back, um, you know, that seventh season of Clone Wars, you know, Andor, Kenobi, we're getting ready to, to walk into Ahsoka pretty soon, uh, Visions, the next set of Visions coming out, you know, all these things that we keep getting, um, I think just makes it that much more exciting and keeps the fandom going. But, but it was really the CWK Live that brought me into interacting with everyone and not just being someone who listens passively to people talking
0: Jen, I, w- I wanted to kind of throw it to you because you you know writing is your writing is your is your business it's your bag it's your passion and i and you have found yourself now writing at probably a heftier clip than before how do you keep it fun for yourself and not, you know, you you teach this, you grade this, but now you're doing it. How do you keep it fun and in check? Because there's just so much coming out.
3: I mean, to go back to what others have said, I think this idea of community is really what keeps me going. The fact that, you know, I'm gonna disappoint a bunch of people if I don't. Yeah, and apologies, I I did, you know, I think you must have some sort of spidey sense because I did get papers in this week. I have been spending, trying (laughs) to spend time getting them graded. So my bad batch review for this week is not done yet. (laughs) Apologies to everyone who's been waiting for it. Um, But yeah, I think that's that's part of it. Is like that that's my way of trying to be a part of the conversation. And so I love talking about because at the end of the day, you know, um, the reason I discovered this podcast was because of Ion Cannon, uh, Greg Cass. He's a longtime friend from grad school, um, and that's what we used to do. We used to sit around in our office and just talk about Star Wars. And we used to go to Target on Fridays and go do peg checks to look for action figures, like, you know,, um, and so so to have for me, like to to be writing and putting out reviews and then hearing people's comments and having it be really a way to spark conversation has uh, just been such a great joy. So that's what that's what keeps me going. Also the just the weekly release schedule uh you know if we if i'd be doomed or like would just not write anything probably if we did a binge drop model um because it would just be too overwhelming but i think the the sort of built-in deadline of like okay like i have to finish this week's review by the time next week's episode (laughs) comes out uh, otherwise i'm gonna miss the boat um that has really been helpful for me in terms of my discipline as uh as a writer because like you said like it's entirely i'm doing it entirely in my free time which i basically don't have um and because i have two small kids and a full-time job (laughs) uh and and so that you know that's really been it's really interesting because the when i started my the site it really coincided with you know it was after the mandalorian had started but it really coincided with this, this streaming era of star wars um and so that's i think what really pulled me in because i think my first star wars review was on the the last few episodes of the first season of the bad batch um and I think that's what kind of sucked me into like, oh, and now that's what main, the main thing I do is like anytime there's a Marvel or a Star Wars series out, I'm doing a weekly breakdown of the episodes. Um, so that's that's been really fun too. And I think just the timing of that was, it was like the perfect storm.
0: Frank, normally, you know, like I would say, you know, at least in, in my relationship with my my wife and family, you know, they, they understand that I'm a Star Wars nut. And, you know, sometimes it's like, I'll start a series, you know, and I might have to just kind of, you know, like with the intention of watching it with my wife. And then, you know, we just don't, we don't, you know, hook up at the same time or she's watching her own series is on Netflix. And so sometimes we rarely intersect. Now, sometimes like on the Mandalorian, things like that, you know, we, you know, we're able to get in and and watch it at the same time, or at least I'll get in one viewing and, and, and wait for her in your household. Things may be a little different. And I'm curious, you know, with you and Amy, how does it, you know, like when, when a show like this comes out, is there sort of a debate on, Hey, you know, like I wait until I get home or you're like, how, how does it work in a house where one maybe is more excited to watch it than the other? Or do you have to, does is each person on on their own as far as get it in or we'll watch it together? Do, do you, do you watch it same time or do you have to kind of split it up just the logistics?
2: No, we do watch at the same time. We're both very disciplined with that. Um, you know, most mornings when a lot of people are up with the coffee brewing, catching Bad Batch or and or whichever is the, the, the show of the moment, um, we're typically getting ready for work. Um, yeah, Amy works from home primarily right now. She's got to be logged in and doing all her stuff very, very early on. So, yeah, we always put on the back burner. I, again, like I mentioned to you earlier, I literally saw this week's Bad Batch about two hours ago. And that was because we just did not have the, the opportunity previously. I am um, I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate in the household I'm in uh, with Amy here. You know, we both enjoy the fandom. Um, like Mary had said there, you know, this, this global Star Wars family we have now, because, you know, we're always talking to people from all across the globe. And it seems for many of us that Cough with Kenobi is at the epicentre of that. That seems to have been... Mm-hmm. A launch and off point for many of us that have got into a community um we first uh coffee kenobi uh, by pure chance drives up to washington dc uh framed to see um some surgeons up there and we had these long drives and we were just going through podcasts and we came across dan and at the time it was very i think he was looking into um the the uh Hero of a Thousand Faces kind of thing. He was doing very deep mythology with it. And I can't remember who his guests were. And it kind of just clicked. And that started really our joint fandom of it. You know, Amy had seen the movies when she was younger. I'd seen the movies when I was younger. I was the one that was far more interested in stuff. But she has stuff too. She's got a big shelf of BBA stuff. She's a huge Brian Herring fan. So she has her little collection as well. But yeah, we, we enjoy it together. Um, one of the things I, I I'd said, and many of us have, is is the camaraderie, especially at celebration. Uh, Ross mentioned, you know, a lot of us won't be going to, to London next year. It's, it's a big time and financial, um, investment. So I'm, just like Ross, very very happy that it's back in Europe after such a long time. Uh, I'm I have no doubt that a lot of it will be streamed. You know, a lot of our friends will be doing live podcasts, recording videos, recording audio. So it'll be just like we were there, uh, sharing those experiences. and it's it's one of those funny things, you know, that it's definitely a fact that you can get a lot of joy by seeing someone else getting a lot of enjoyment. And I think that's where we are with this. I think everyone's so close in this, so so uh, very kind. And and accommodating for everyone. You know, everyone seems to have time for everybody here. So the community from my household, way out to all of us and all of our friends, uh, it really is an embarrassment of riches for us when it comes to friendship.
0: Well said. Well said. I do want to kind of start to wrap things up, but um, one of the things I liked about uh, last year's uh, go at this, and we went long, I think we went multiple hours and we broke it up over a couple of episodes we did this and I think we did we did another one but uh being in the company of such amazing people uh just makes this time just fly by and I love the you know the thought of celebration when we had that in between time right you know we've we've all been on we've all been on podcasts we we've you know, we've kind of been there where our, these calls are just so short. There's only so much you can get in and something like this, where even though we're seeing each other, you know, we, you know, you, it's, it's a different level of communication, but I remember, you know, meeting Frank and Amy at celebration. I had not long after I had gotten, gotten settled in and then, you know, having breakfast with um, Greg in the morning and actually bunking with him at one point uh, when, when I ran out of hotel room time and then, you know, you know, dragging poor Jen across to meet Mark, you know, Mark from Phantatracks um, at the podcast meetup, seeing, you know, Ross get a get an amazing, you know, K2SO tattoo. And then, of course, ending up, uh, Mary, when we were over at that huge dinner, uh, which now oh. is a trading card. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's just been, you know, these connections just kind of thread along and it's amazing. And I I love what you're saying is I love the fact, uh, Ross, that, you know, the folks over in Europe who couldn't get over here for the last several, you know, uh, celebrations get their turn. And I'm just excited as for them, you know, as I am for my pocketbook that kind of takes a rest this year, um, but will certainly take a pounding, you know, when it most likely comes back to Orlando uh, next year, I I would, though, like to finish this up by uh, allowing everyone to kind of give a shout-out to, because this is podcast day, and see how I segued that back, Um, I I can get back on the train every now and then. Give a shout-out for a podcast or or an an online site or something that you would hopefully turn somebody on to that may be tuning in to this one but may have not gone to that particular entity um Ross uh because you are at the bottom of my screen I'm going to let you go first and uh give me your shout out for podcast day
1: 2023 Yeah I probably don't call this out enough just because they they do let me write for the site but Mark Newbold and everything that fanthatracks.com does um so they're they're kind of their main show with making tracks Uh, the podcast there. Those guys do a fantastic job. Mark is so well tied in. You know, he writes for Star Wars Insider. He does stuff for StarWars.com. Jen and I get to contribute to recapping things for Fanthatracks.com. So I want to make sure that I go out of my way and express how fortunate I feel to be able to do that and to get to know the people you know, again, who came over from, from Europe to Anaheim that I got to meet. You know, Claire Henry, who introduced me to Mark, some other just wonderful people as well. So everything within that Phantatracks family is is what I would take the, the moment to say. Check them out if you haven't. Um, even if it's not my writing, you have much better talent over there uh, that, that's telling stories and, and writing incredible things.
4: Um, I got to know Dennis Keithley at Celebration, mm. and I had been listening to podcast Stardust as well. And I enjoy he, he and and Jay's. You know, Jay does a great job with all of her cosplays, and following following her on Instagram. And they have you know, two three podcasts a week, and they just delve into different things. They go into comic books. They they do what's going on currently with uh, streaming. Um, you know, they all talk about once a month, they'll talk about merchandise that's out. Um, so they they do a great job of a lot of widespread items that are going on in the Star Wars universe that um and and really good viewpoints um, from the two of them and 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 bringing in the cosplay part of it uh, with Jay, it's, they're 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 really great. It's it's a good podcast to listen to and, and to interact with on social media.
0: I think I had met him at that dinner, and uh-huh. then it wasn't until recently I put two and two together. And I'm like, oh hey, wait a minute. And yeah. it's also one of those sometimes when you're listening to podcasts and you see someone like the voice in the face, you know, like I was like, oh wow, I, I it just you know I have no idea what I would have thought he would have looked like. But yeah, it's just so f- funny who you kind of run into, and then all of a sudden it just the dots tie in later. Um, Jen,
3: all right, I can't keep it to one, so sorry in advance. Go right um, ahead,
0: the floor is yours.
3: the The Colby cast, uh, Colby, you know, nice. a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, is has been so so supportive of my writing and and gives me very regular shout outs on the colby cast um and i've been on the colby cast and had a great time um so you know and, and i and i love the dynamic between him and his two sons because you get the 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 sort of inter multi-generational perspective uh on things and they often don't agree and react to things very differently so that's really fun um uh other big shout out to pink milk um they're one of in nice. my regular rotation of star wars podcasts um And they're just, they're so funny and entertaining, but then also so thoughtful. I think they really strike that nice balance between a podcast that's fun to listen to, but also really deep and thoughtful. And they always kind of make me see something in a different way, which is amazing. Um, And then quick shout out to just like female Star Wars podcasters. So Sky Talkers, great Mm -hmm. one. Um, And uh, Jennifer Landa from 4Center. I always love listening to her. She's Mm. a great follow on social media. Uh, and then, um, Lacey Gillerin. I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I have this first time I've had to say it out loud, um, from a resistance broadcast, um, also a great follow. <laughs> so, uh, and it's, it's just been nice to see because I think when I was growing up, uh, being a female star Wars fan was sort of like, I was the oddity, Uh, in, in my, in my group of friends, like the, I was the weird, the weird girl who likes Star Wars. Uh, and so, and there wasn't much opportunity for me to engage directly with the fandom. Um, and and so, so to, to see more and more female Star Wars podcasters, um, and, and, and just like, and there are also so many people on Instagram who are like Funko pop collectors and Lego, (laughs) Lego builders. And, uh, and, you know, so it's been really, really nice discovering, um, those those voices in the fandom.
4: Yeah, and if I can add a couple more to to mine, like Jen was saying, I, I listen to all those as well. And then tattooing Wing sons, um, mm. you know, Dave Jesse and his two boys, Sam and Nate, they're great. um Thank the Maker podcast. I met those guys at Celebration. You know, they're they're now you gotta sometimes you know sometimes little words, <laughs> extra words will come out and they'll they'll do a little bleepy thing, but but they have really good uh, insights and there're just a lot of different podcasts that I think we all listen to that mm-hmm. we all you know kind of fall back on and, and obviously Colby and his boys are a go to and then Craig Dickinson with Reading Between the Reels.
0: I was just listening to uh, to them on the way home uh it was an older episode they had with Dan Zare and they were going over the Superman movie uh, from <laughs> 78 which was a great episode. And it was it was nice because it brought up like you know John I'd forgotten John Williams had done the score for for the original Superman with Christopher Reeve and you're like oh man you know so and you know like you said a lot of these just take it uh, different ways and I I like the diversity of thought as well as you know formats and how they do it um, mm-hmm. those are those are those are those are great choices Frank what do you have for us
2: Yeah wow what a, what a great list of podcasters that have just been provided there. You know, Jen's saying about Lacey as well. Resistance broadcast I had on my list anticipated this question coming up, so I scribbled a few down quick. <laughs> uh, I think Lacey right now on social media is doing 365 days of collected items. I think she's shown a collected item every day. Um, so, yeah, resistance broadcast is great. Um, the couple that I also put down, um, um, you may have heard of Around the Galaxy and Podcast of the Wills. They're now under, they kind of a network now, it's a streaming Star Wars network, uh, and that's uh, Pete Fletts' uh, Nick Melkey who also lives in Alabama, down at Montgomery, I met him a little while ago, at Celebration and since, uh, and they were recently joined by Chris Ryans from BroAxiom, and mm. they call themselves the Star Wars Fan Talk Show, and they've had all sorts of fantastic guests on, uh, writers, actors, uh, behind the scenes Uh, creatives, uh, even super fans. Sometimes they'll ask for super fans to go on. Um, They have uh, a recorded show once a week and then a live one, I think Friday nights, um, where you can call in and you can interact with the hosts. So so that's always a great one. Uh, The other one, uh, a little out of left field for the collector and all of us is Hollow Chronicles. Uh, Josh and Andy is a lot of fun. Um, You'll be seeing all the stuff that is in your price range and way outside of. Um, they're a couple of great guys, and it's 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 almost like a show and tell of Star wars um uh, like hot toys it, it might be um the latest posters, the oldest posters so those have been my two streaming Star Wars network and uh Chronicles. Oh,
0: i Go I, I love I love those choices.
3: I have one more quick one and and it, it ties into star wars podcasting because it's about star wars podcast history uh so the Wampus lair in celebration of their um episode 500 i believe um had this amazing episode that's like just basically went from day one of star wars podcasting and sort of like told the story of how star wars podcast got started and what was happening in the early days and it's a really great listen um especially if you're looking for some way to kind of like commemorate star wars podcast i think that would be a great episode and their show in general um is just fantastic too.
0: I, I like the Wampus Lair, and I know I think we're going to be having Carl on soon. I'm cr- I'm keeping my fingers crossed on one of our breakfasts. Um, I know he and Greg are our good friends, and it's a great another connection that we have. Um, but yes, and and congratulations! You know, like we've had a lot of podcasts hit you know hit milestones this year. You know reactions hit a hundred. You know with Wampus Lair. Um, Coffee with Kenobi hit 600. Um, I know, full of Sith. Um, that great podcast, hit, you know, they, they they've been around for a long time. Um, WSTR just hit 300. I I was a, I, I was fortunate enough to be one of the guests they had on their their stream, which is out now. Um, and then you know, a, a lot of, I interact with the, a lot of the Red Five networks, so Scarab Scuttlebutt, and uh, Big T and Little T. You know, those those folks over there they do a really nice job, you know, conversations and I, they have like 30 or 40 some podcasts uh, in their network. Some of them are star Wars related. Some of them aren't. Um, But once again, a diversity of, of opinion. And I, I like that because it does allow the fandom. it, It gives examples of like, Hey, look, it's great when we all get along and it it really gets us in harmony. Um, but I just like it when people go, Hey, look, this is what, uh, this is what the show's about. This is what my opinion is about. And as long as I'm kind of open and I treat each other with respect, it's fine. You know, we keep that discourse going. And I think it's just a way to, as the more we connect with each other, the, uh, the easier it is to, you know, to continue on because then we know who we are dealing with rather than just random people online, which, you know, the, the, the non people who are on this kind of Zoom call, you know, our family and friends who don't who don't quite get it or they, they might be passionate Star Wars fans, but they're kind of in their own little thing and they don't mind, you know, going, I hate that movie or I, I do this. And it's nothing against that. But I think the more you, and I think we talked about that earlier, the more that you are involved with other folks and you start to see what they love, they they what their favorite thing is. Then you become become a champion of that. I'm like, man, I love the fact that you love the prequels, or I, you know, I lo- did you love this character, or you know, it becomes fun because then that character has more meaning for you now because you know, oh, there's a connection. Oh yeah, that person just loves, you know, Poggle the Lesser. And and that's what I always liked about um it was an older Star Wars card trader podcast and a guy, one of the guys on there, Michael Nip was hoarding Poggle and you know, tried to get all the different variants of it and, but it got too much, but it was just one of those things where after a while it became a nice running gag. And when you're following a podcast and you kind of get the impression, like after a while people start to get what we are into and not, it becomes kind of fun. And I think for a listener who is just as well as fine, they can just be a listener. And that's, that's just great. Um, you feel that connection to it. Um, I'd be remiss if I also said, um, you know, Hats off to the reactions, folks, um, and, and all that. And just lastly, um, I wanted to give before we kind of sign off for tonight uh, congratulations are in order. One of us who doesn't get, uh, an, I think, enough uh, praise for not only being a great member of the community, but a very supportive uh, Kyle Scully just had a new edition to his family, and I won't go into much detail on it, you know, preserving the privacy and everything, but I just wanted to say congratulations. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk about it too much, but uh, some of the pictures we have seen, uh, very, very cute, and I'm very happy for Kyle, and uh, just a shout-out to him.
1: Yeah, here, here to that, Craig, and good to have another San Francisco Giants fan uh, <laughs> joining us now.
0: All right, well, since since you brought it up, I'm going to let you close it out tonight, Ross, um, where can people find you online
1: and uh, ingest some of your great content? So Twitter at Ross Holobin, uh, you know, contribute to tracks So articles there as well. But I also recorded the pilot episode of my new podcast Woo! earlier today. Yay. So. I don't know that this will be fully ready to go there. There's definitely a, you know, I I definitely need to take it into Pelimoto's shop to get some (laughs) tune ups right away. Um, But it is called the Album Concept Podcast. And you can already find me on Instagram if you want. So there's a couple posts there, and there will be Star Wars Easter eggs and some inspiration uh, that is built into it, but it, it's primarily a, a music podcast. Nice. Congratulations.
0: You must it's, it's almost like bringing, it's almost like bringing something into the wild when you you're bringing something that you're passionate about and you're going to, you know, allow, allow people to come in and you're putting yourself out there and I, and I love it. And it's always fun to hear you on other podcasts. It's fun to see, you know, when I see, um, like some of the reviews and so forth, it's been, it's been amazing. Congratulations. Mary, where can people find you online?
4: Well, on Instagram, I am Mary N Chaz. So M A R Y N C H A Z Z. And then on Twitter, it's just at Mary Purdue. Same thing with Facebook, just at Mary Purdue.
0: Jen, knee deep buried in paperwork, I'm sure.
3: Yes.
4: <laughs>
0: I think that's right, where we can... can find you. Yes
3: yes you can you can find uh, my writing at the longtake.substack.com um, where you can subscribe for free and get everything right into your inbox um, my my weekly reviews though you know on weeks like this they are a little longer <laughs> the longer takes take take takes longer um than normal but uh, and then i'm on instagram at subchakchai s o p c h o c k c h a i and on hive uh at quigon jen Um, and yeah, and also you can also find me on Fantha tracks. I'm, I've been, I'm open to suggestions of things I can pitch to Mark to write for Fantha tracks. Uh.
0: (laughs) Considering how much is going to be coming up and how busy he's going to be for celebration. I'm sure he's going to be uh, looking for as much help as possible. Um, also I, we should be getting him on in a few weeks. I reached out typically once a year. I try to get him on, not just because he knows, you know, everything about everything. But, you know, if you are planning to go to Celebration Europe and you are trying to attach attach some other travel to it, uh, Frank uh, can can back me up on this. Those train tickets are cheaper earlier. The later you put something off, the more Mm -hmm. expensive that same seat will be. Uh, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all, but I'm just saying that uh, if you were planning on going and you have other things to do, you know, lock up some of that, you know, that other travel, uh, and then just get ready, get yourself really, really uh, familiar with the tube.
2: If you if you get yourself an Oyster card, that's good on the tube. It's good on buses. It's almost like a Metro card for London. So grab an Oyster card if you can. It'd be an easy way to get around. I
0: think I actually even still. I think I actually even still have there. It is. I still have my. Uh, I still have my oyster card. There it is. That you can actually pick up. Uh, I picked up mine in Heathrow. I think yeah. after we got off the plane. I know you can get it elsewhere. You know, if you have a local address, I do think you can also. There's a couple different kinds of oyster cards as well. Some mm-hmm. of them have you know app access and so forth. But basically, it's it's like your your typical metro or metro type 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 train. And you can top it off, and then that way, it's it's incredibly, you know, you can get anywhere with that. So you mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to worry about being close to the Excel center. You can be in another part of town, and you could be there. Pretty simple.
2: Frank? Uh, so uh, I'm Mr. Duff Prawn on Instagram, Hive. I mentioned the other day, Post. Uh, still in its beta mode, so there's a waiting list to get on that particular social network forum. But uh, yeah, Instagram, Hive, and Post, Mr. Duff Prawn.
0: Alrighty, folks. Well, I appreciate this. This was a fun podcast day episode. This is a fun episode in general. Um, I can't say enough to Ross, who helped organize that uh, secret Wampa, uh, who kind of got us already kind of greased the wheels for some of this to kind of take place. I could see us doing this again. Look at the and She's got her mug. I'm
3: still using the mug that Mary gave me. I, I saw it. that.
4: <laughs> I spotted that earlier. It's a
3: great mug. <laughs> You had a Tumblr too, by the way, right? You had something. Oh yeah, it's um, I bought it during the holiday season, and I can't bear to part with it. Like I can't put it away just because it's not Christmas <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but Star, it's got Star Storm Wars Troopers made this, desks
0: yeah. fun. Um, anyway, alrighty. So for Ross Holliban, Mary Perdue, Jen Subchakchai, and Frank Mulder, and to all our friends out there, we hope you enjoyed this. Happy Podcast Day. 2023 I hope you find something new to listen to after you've listened to us of course um, and give everybody a follow uh, support your support your podcast let them know throw them a comment like you know like some of their social media things let them know what's going on because most people aren't doing this uh, making any kind of money off of it but uh, the, the more you get involved I think the more you get out of it all right so we will let it go tonight um, I'm actually going to let card squadron take it out And we will talk to you soon. The Rebel Base Card podcast focuses on cards, collecting, and the Star Wars community and appreciates you coming
2: along for the ride. If you have any feedback for this episode, you can reach out to the program in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM Greg on Instagram at Rebel Base Card. Make sure to also follow the Rebel Base Card on Twitter and Facebook at Rebel Base Card. If you want,
4: you can send an email to greg at rebelbasecard.com
0: And you can find show notes for this and all episodes on the website rebelbasecard.com In the Star Wars Card
3: Trader app and just about every other one, you can find Greg at CornFedTech.
1: The Rebel Base Card uses the hashtag #CardSquadron as a way to alert friends about cool cards and recent drops in the galaxy far, far away. It's a great way to bring our community a little bit closer together and help one another finish our sets in time. We collect, communicate, and commiserate. Well, at least when we run out of credits or crystals to spend on our digital collections. Join the fun, even if all the other cool squadron names were already taken. And remember, we collect as one and would be honored if you
2: join us. And if you are a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist or collector, cosplayer, and want to talk about your work, your craft,
1: or passion, drop Greg a line. I'm sure he'd love to hear your story. You can also help the show by leaving a comment or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever
2: you got this episode.
1: Otherwise, the mission is clear. Keep those
0: cards out of the hands of the Empire, and the Rebel Base card will return soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Tops, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks, and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars
1: website can be found at www.starwars.com.